Fake news. Mr. President. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Mr. President. I just want to have one thing to say. Mr. President, I'm trying to get a word edgewise here. Fake news put out Mr. President, it's not. It's not fake news just because you don't like it. A few days ago, fake news Enough! Each and every Tuesday, the Journey into Comics Network brings you the real news with the poor of poor, with the late breaking news that really matters. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast about everything nerd. With your hosts, Nate Phillips and Brandon Stone. We've come a long way from the Prime Minister's exploding cake. Or have we? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Journey Into Comics, episode 188. I am one of your hosts, Brando. Joining me here today, as always, the fantastic podfather himself, Nate Phillips. How you doing, sir? Dude, I'm doing fantastic today on this lovely, well, it's lovely Monday for those of you who are getting us at launch day. Good morning. It's Monday. It's first day at work. Hope you guys have a good one. Be safe on the roads today, wherever you're traveling. Uh, Brando, I'm doing fantastic. I'm currently recovering from my birthday weekend, which was pretty fruitful for me. Yeah, man. Happy birthday to you. The big old 3-1. Yeah, it's my lucky number inverted. Yeah, and so, okay, so now, now, okay, so, like, 30 is, like, this sort of built-up number. It's when we're aging and we're going through our our roaring 20s, if you will, when we get past our, the 20s are our first half, pa- is obviously past our teens. We know we're out of high school, and then we're you know, some of us go to college, or we get a job, or we start, you know, exploring the world and what we can do in it, and now... 30 hits and you stop to go oh yeah yeah I might want to get some of this responsibility thing down because then I'm going to be 40 and be one of those losers I always hear about (laughs) you know it's like yeah here's a you know you know here's Billy he's 40 and still lives with his mom (laughs) yeah you know it it, you know like we are such a limited lifespan species it's like what 40 year old living at home is going to get a date uh, it's very difficult uh, some of us are lucky some of us uh, have found some really awesome partners earlier on you know some earlier than most but once you hit that 30 man it's like okay i gotta get really serious about thinking about what's the next step in my evolution what's the next step in my family's evolution uh i gotta really actually start thinking towards retirement one day and think about getting that set up. 401k. Do I want to go? Um, do I want to go Roth or not? Um, the whole thing with uh, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm paying this much. You know, it, it, not barring any sort of major crisis with our country, security, social security may be gone by the time I'm there. So I need to think about the dude. And then it's like, oh crap! Uh, if you're a homeowner. Wow, I've got to take care of my house. Oh crap! My house is falling apart around me. Hmm. Damn. Oh crap! I've got kids. I got to keep somebody alive for the next fifteen years at least. Man, you just went to a tangent of like all the dark spectrums of turning older. 
And I'm over here like, I'm pretty sure 31 is the new 20, so I'm doing spectacular well, today. Well, no, Thank I'm you. not. No, no. There's <laughs> nothing dark about what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, man, once you hit 30, is like it's almost like a slap in the face of wake-up call going, dude, you still have some fun, but you better, like. It's time to hustle. Get, you need to get serious about some of this shit because next thing you know, you're going to be 40, and if you don't get in your ass in gear by then, then you're going to be working harder, and your body's going to be aching more. Which I don't know about you, Nate, but once I hit 30, I started experiencing more more pain. It's like, what is this? And then, of course, I hit 30, and I can't stay up past 10.30 anymore. Uh, it just, I, I, I get to that 10 o'clock, and I'm just like, yeah, I can go to bed right now. Well, I mean, effectively, uh, a couple children in my life do call me old Nate. And, you know, you think that's funny, and then you have a, a really terrible moment where you slip and fall in your kitchen and almost fucking break your leg to wake you up and be like, holy shit, I am old Nate. Like, I just fell for no reason. Like, I should have fucking had life alert. What the fuck, you know? Like, luckily I was not alone. I spilled it on my fucking self, bro. Like, I I will seriously say this. I wish so sincerely I would have had my GoPro set up at the front door (laughs) to see the chaos that was me falling so epically. And losing it because it had to have been magnificent. It was terrible when it happened. And I'm still, you know, not feeling the best. But, you know, moving away from that, dude, this birthday weekend was crazy. Like, what? First of all, I woke up for the first time in like four or five years in my home in Hoopston because I was visiting dad. Got to see him. That was nice. I left there, picked V up, I came home, and I got to do something that most people don't get to do. I interviewed a guy I'm friends with who also happens to be the lead singer of Iced Earth. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, pretty that fucking crazy. that episode went live on Friday on the good old 420s. And uh, Stu Block, thank you so much for uh, for linking up with Nate and doing that interview. It was awesome to get to meet you the couple times that we did on tour. And so awesome of you to, you know, to lend your time to us and, and, and you'll get to let our listeners and some of, you know, our followers get to know you a little bit. And hopefully we are able to spread the mighty gospel of Iced Earth. Goddamn right, man. Uh, so, you know, then... As soon as the podcast was done, it was like, well, we're going to dinner. I did not know where we were driving. Spoiler alert, when I say where we're dri- where I'm driving, because I'm the driver, I'm the one that drives the car, so they did not tell me where I was going. I'll let you oh, figure fun. that one out. So they finally go, okay, head to Maryville, and I'm like, all right, cool. So we get together. And we go to Hibachi. And it's, have you ever done like the Tapanyaki Hibachi before? Oh, like the dude, like, he's like flipping the fucking shit and everything. He's flipping the stuff and doing all this stuff. And then, you know, he throws a knife, kills the dude next to him. Yeah, he doesn't mean to. He's like, oh shit. That was not a part of the show. No, no. Like, like, there's a little comedian bit where he's like, he don't work here no more. (laughs) 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 But, so we, we do this experience, man, and it was delicious and a blast overall. It was a lot of fun. We were seated with one other family, so it was the three of us and then one whole other family of people. So it was like the the mom and the dad, the daughter, the daughter's kid, and then her husband, and then us. 
And these people are like great people. We made friends with them really quickly and stuff. And they were super nice and pleasant and talking food and shit and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, overall, that was a good experience. I got free carrot cake. That was delicious in and of itself. I had fucking Kobe beef, medium rare with scallops, with fucking noodles. Oh, Mm -hmm. the noodles were next level. Uh, So... The next day, though, is 420. It's a holiday. For those of you who don't know, it's a holiday. St. Fatty's Day. It is St. Fatty's Day, and I had a relaxing St. Fatty's Day. We have Andrew uh, Uhas up visiting, and uh, we just got to kind of hang out with him and catch up and whatnot. Our bass player, Rob, came over after you and I had recorded a, a special for the Road to Infinity War, which Brandon... I'm pretty sure if we do this right, if we figure a way how to pull this off, Wednesday, the Infinity War road ends. Yeah, roadblock. Roadblock at the end of the road. One mighty Thanos just like, hey, fuckers, I'm here, you know? The Uh, end. I'm super, super fucking hyped on that movie, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, Because I forgot something. After Hibachi, we leave... Hibachi. And Sarah and V are like, hey, we need to go to Target to pick up some butter for the cake. Because they're going to make me a cake. Spoiler alert. They still have not made the cake. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Procrastination. (laughs) Well, it's actually just been a mixture of procrastination and we've had so many other foods recently and been like, I mean, we went and took you host to the Albany Candies Factory. Albany's Candy Factory. I said that totally wrong. I said the Albany Candies. <laughs> <laughs> Albany's Candy Factory, folks. Sorry. Uh, we went there and we we got a lot of sweets. Spent way too much money, but I digress. Anyways, we're at Target. And they get like food and stuff and whatnot. And like some toilet paper and paper towels and shit and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm going to go through, walk through the toys, because I'm trying to look for this 10-inch Thanos pop that's coming out that's a Target exclusive. So he's 10 inches as big as the life-size Groot that I have. And um, I'm like, you know, I'm going to walk over by the electronics and see what shit they've got there, too, because maybe they got Blu-rays. I know they got Last Jedi. I might pick it up. So walk over there and I immediately see Last Jedi. I start making a beeline and I hear hey, Nate come back over here. It's Veronica. I'm like, okay. And she's talking to this dude in a red shirt and I'm like, why is she talking to a Target guy? Is she going to drag me into a debate? Does this guy like podcasts? Like, where's this guy coming from? You know, is he about to stone cold stun me and like walk out of here or some shit? I I done said I don't listen to those damn podcasts. Stop trying to sell me on them. And that's the bottom line. Anyways, so she's like, pick one out. And I was like, what? Pick out a what? Pick out a switch. What? Excuse me? So, yeah. Um, long story short, Gray Switch got one. Uh, decided to pick up Super Mario Odyssey and uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Uh, I wanted to get Xenoverse on PS4, but it was only 30 bucks on sale on the Switch, so I didn't know I was even getting a Switch. 
I thought, yeah. well, I need games for it. Might as well, yeah. you know? Right on, um, man. Plus, Dragon Ball stuff on Nintendo is always rare. Ends up being, you know, Ryukai Tenkaichi 3. Rarer. Rarer. Thank you. Um, yeah, and you know what? That game's actually gone down uh, on the Wii. Really? Yeah. It, it, it's It's still not... It's not cheap, but it's not as expensive it used to as it used to be. You uh, know, Nate, I've actually been playing the crap out of my Switch for the last three months playing Skyrim. Skyrim, and hell yeah! I I in the last four days, I probably be had more play time with Skyrim than I've had in the last two months of Skyrim, <laughs> and I've been playing the crap out of it. And it, it's it's funny because I played it few years ago on the 360 and then I got sidetracked. Uh, I was a late bloomer, a late comer to Skyrim. I was more of a Fallout guy. Uh, it, it takes a lot for me to get invested into a fantasy lore setting uh, as far as a game goes because there's so much just made up crap in that damn game. You have to learn there, constantly. Yeah, you have to learn all this crap and, and I still don't know shit. Um, but I finally, I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I got a Switch. I'm going to get it for the Switch. And everyone's like, when I got announced for the Switch, people are like, I'm not buying that game for the fifth time. I'm like, hey, I'm only buying it for the second. I don't really, it's not that, it's not that big of a deal, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I got that. Of course, uh, Skyrim on the Switch is awesome because it's, you can, it's handheld mode, dude. A game as big as that in your hands, like, okay, yeah, sure. It, it originally came out like seven years ago. So fucking game, what? That game is massive. To just have that game in your hands, and I played it. In, I played in handheld mode a lot. It's pretty comfy. It's not bad. Uh, I prefer it to play it with the uh, Nate. If you're gonna play it on on your dock, save up some money and get a pro controller. Oh, it's already in the plans, my brother. Because that pro controller, don't get one of the cheaper ones. Don't don't get one of the power. I will get licensed Nintendo. Come uh, on now. But, you know, uh, no, get the actual $70. It's way too expensive. But that controller is seriously one of the more comfortable controllers I've ever held. It's awesome. That's my preferred way to play it. Just sit back and relax, play. And uh, now, now that I'm as far as I am into the game, and I'm learning more about what the hell's going on, because so much of that game, Nate, I don't know how much you played of it back then. It's just wandering around and killing people and finding stuff and getting over and giving over encumbered and you can't run anymore, so you got to drop stuff or give it to your buddy and then wait to get home or sell it because no, none of the merchants have enough money to sell all the crap I have, so I have to store it at my house. <laughs> I was Holy able to shit. I was able to 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 learn a cheat or a little uh, thing to get a house for free because you have to pay like five grand for it. But if the dude's standing next to a box, you can actually activate that line of dialogue. Look down real quick. Put all your money in the box. Look back up before the whole thing is like actually registered and when he goes to take your money you ain't got no money uh so the, then then he just gives you the key to the house so then I look back down pick up all my money <laughs> holy shit that's super smart and so like then then I was able to spend that money on decorations on the damn house and that way I could actually sleep in there uh, but then, oh, yeah, and yeah I, just, I just put all my stuff up and going in there. It's like, yeah, I don't know why I picked up this pheasant breast. I don't I have no idea. I'm going to put it over here in this cabinet because, you know, I mean, because pheasant breast will just stay good, uh, you know, unrefrigerated for like, you know, three months. Um, it's the code, man. That code is flawless. I don't well, a I mean, non-genetically modified code. It, mu it must be. But anyway, you know, I, I, I'm Organic this far into it. Code. <laughs> I have uh, explored so much of the place. I have. 37 active quests right now. Holy shit. 
because I because I just keep wandering around and going to new places. And you're like, sure, I'll take that. Okay, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, too. yeah, sure, yeah, dude, I'll help you out with that, man. Don't worry about it. I, next time I'm out and I see a big, huge mammoth tusk and some troll fat, I'll bring it right back to you. And then I'm like on the other side of the map, going, oh yeah, I should probably head back there sometime. You know, some people just zoom back real quick with fast travel. I'm the kind of guy that just keeps wandering around until I yeah. get to like, oh, hey, look, there's a house. What, like, what's over here? And then I end up like getting attacked by three bears and a couple wolves along the way. And <laughs> it's a fun game. And I think I, the first time I played Skyrim, I got like murdered by a giant or a fucking dragon in like the first ten minutes. Yeah, no, yeah, you are faced with a giant with a dragon and possibly a giant early on in the game, and no, you. Yeah, good luck because it's actually pretty. Uh, the drag, the the drag is not that hard, but giants are hard. Yeah. Um, once you learn your uh, some of, some of your shouts, it's easier. I had the ability to go back and finish my shout, the Fasru dust shout, right for like hours, and I just kept doing other stuff, going over here, doing doing doing, 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 doing this. Finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm 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 close by. I'm just gonna head up there real quick and tell him, hey, I got that done. And then he's like, oh, yeah, now you're going to learn the power of the da. And I'm going to do all this stuff. And then um, I see the thing about it is I, I always forget about it. I'm just so focused on the sword fighting and the playing that I, I mean, I'm always like, I always forget I have that ability. So here I am. I'm on top of this. Um, I'm on top of whatever in uh, of the, like like this fort. And this dude, I'm like, I have my shield up. He's actually hurting me pretty bad. And he, he's swinging this big heavy axe. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got that shout. And I held it down and I did the Fosfor Da and he went flying. Holy like, shit. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he gone. All right. Yeah, dude, he gone. And what's funny is that like it it even works with like the bigger animals, like the bears. I'll just send the bears flying and everything. It's hilarious. Can I just say our viewers or our listeners can't see this, obviously, because we're a podcast, but I saw I just witnessed something that happened that you didn't even know happened that was amazing timing. So you did that thing and then you did like the dramatic look away thing like you were looking at his body flying into the distance. Yeah. But as you looked my cat came to the door and like it was like you looked right the fuck at her but you weren't actually looking at her. Yeah, that was perfect again. That was crazy. And then like as soon as you looked at her she meowed once and ran away. It was fucking great. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, like, yeah, dude. I'm loving my Switch. Of course, you got Super Mario Odyssey. I played to beat Odyssey. I haven't mastered it because you can play after you beat the story. Dude, there's like 800 stuff. moons. Yeah, no, I don't have anywhere close to that. Um I just got sucked back like into Skyrim, and I want to actually finish the game. I want to say, yes, I beat that game. So uh, maybe one day I'll get back to Odyssey. Wyatt bugs me all the time to play it. Yo, Daddy play Mario? No, Daddy's not playing Mario. Daddy play Skyrim. Yeah, Daddy playing Skyrim. Oh, damn. But, Grooming him but well, I, man. But no, but man. how do you overall... like it so far? How do you like your Switch? Like, It's really cool, dude. I, You know, it's weird because you think... Yeah. Before I had a Switch, my thought kept being like, you don't use it that many different ways. There's no way that you're going to use it all the different ways they give you as an option. And since I've had it, I have used it every way you probably can use it, aside from having the Pro Controller, which I don't yet have. Because I've fucking had the Joy-Cons on the side of the thing on my possession. I've had the thing in the dock playing on just with the Joy-Cons in my hand, I've had them in that little fake Pro Controller thing that they give you, the, like, grip to make it like a Pro yeah. Controller, you know. Um, you know what sucks? Okay, so to interject really quick, I got the Mario Odyssey bundle that has the red Joy-Cons, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 
and I love it. I actually love the fact that it's I've got like a kind of a unique uh, Joy-Con set for it. Well, anyway, they have a uh, they had a, a a licensed Mario Odyssey grip, right? I'm like, oh, cool, that'll go great with my red Joy Cons. But I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to pay the fifteen dollars for it. And uh, one day we were at Walmart. And it was it was marked down. It was like, oh, cool, it's like ten dollars. Huh? Whatever. Happy Easter to myself, right? Get home, open it up, put them in there. <laughs> the reds don't match. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> Like it's still red, but like <laughs> it's noticeable that they don't match. Yes, that's it is like a so. darker, a duller red than the red that's on the Joy Cons. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man, that's uh no. You know it was crazy because I I thought about going with the neon color, but I just thought classic matte black. I've got the black. I had the black Wii. I had the black Wii U. I thought just keep with the tradition. Have the black Switch. You you had a black Wii. No, I still have a black Wii. <laughs> I just did the Nate laugh. <laughs> oh man, you tricked the, me into the, saying this the, is how the, 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 this is our level of maturity, guys. This, uh, this is where we're at. You tricked uh, me into saying I have a black Wii, and now I see what you're saying. <laughs> I own. <laughs> it took you way too long. <laughs> You're just a little slow on the on the draw there. You're like, well, I did have a black. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, because I was like, no, seriously though. I uh, oh oh son of a bitch, you got me. <laughs> you fucking got me. All right, Brandon, dude, I think it's time to start the show. Officially. I think so too, man. We got some cool stuff to talk about. We got some Walking Dead talk to talk about. Of course, we've been discussing the Walking Dead since the start of the program, all the way back in like episode one, two, three, or four. The ones, that, the episodes I weren't on, we, we, it was talked about then too. Of course, we talked about the comic and the show, and so of course the uh, we had the big season finale of the Walking Dead proper, the original show, and on the same night you had the Fear thing. I'm behind on Fear. I'm like two two and a half seasons behind on Fear. I'm uh, all seasons of Fear behind. I would like to start watching it at some point, but it's just a matter of getting the time to. It's on Hulu, so three seasons are on Hulu. Uh, so uh, I do want to do it. Uh, it's just a matter of, again, finding the time to do it. Now that I don't watch The Walking Dead, maybe we can actually have something to do. But I also kind of want to watch start, start watching Westworld as well. I've heard that show's good. Uh, Westworld is great. I can actually definitely attest that Westworld is an awesome show for sure. It's I haven't finished it. Another season. It's coming back for another season starting tonight as we record this. Of course, yesterday, if you're hearing this on day of release. So we got some Walking Dead stuff uh, to talk about. And, of course, we got Avengers Affinity War coming up this week. This Thursday night, Friday, whenever you're going to go see it. Uh, I, I assume that if you're listening to this show, uh, you, you are going to go see it. And, of course, we've had the road to Infinity War where we've had the big, epic, one-a-week reviews over on the on the Patreon at patreon.com slash journey to comics where you can go over there and check out all of the uh, exclusive reviews for all of that. And, we're, and it's all leading there because, guys, next week here on the show, we're going to be discussing and reviewing the Infinity War. However, they're, they're, we're planning a caveat, Nate. We're, for the first time, going to try and go spoiler-free on the first review here. And I, I mentioned this the other day to you because I definitely want to try and wait a week or two to let people uh, give like, it a Get a, some people like a few weekends to go see this movie. 
because not everyone's going to be able to go on the in the on the first weekend. Not everybody wants to go their first weekend because everybody wants to, you know, they don't want to fight the crowd. And I, I don't want people to go. Well, I can't listen to JIC this week because they're going to spoil something big about the movie. We're going to try and get some people to come in and talk about it, and that's the caveat. You cannot spoil it. We're going to we're going to keep it spoiler free for you on one eighty nine. You know, maybe subsequent episodes will do that. Maybe we'll maybe we'll tack on to our Road to Infinity War with an Infinity War Patreon thing where we finally go full bore exclusives over there. This it just depends. I, I don't know. Uh, Damn, don't know that's how we're a gonna tackle it. Brilliant idea, bro. I, I don't know because I mean because we and it all depends on how much time we have and how much we can dedicate to it because we got we got some other stuff that we want to talk about uh, leading up after Infinity War as well. There's there's the Deadpool movie. There's the there's the solo movie. Of course, we'll be talking about that over on Podcast Menace, so you can get over on our Patreon. Man, I'm just that's just all these plugs, man. All these plugs. Podcast Menace, the only podcast in our network, 100 percent dedicated to Star Wars, featuring myself and Tyler McLaughlin of of Podcastrophy. We are going to be recording a new episode here soon for April, so please be tuned out for that if you're on the three dollar tier. Nate, yes, sir. We were just talking about it about Infinity War, and this article went up on the good old 420. Okay, I've got one too, but you go first. Uh, yeah, so Sebastian Stan may have spoiled some cameos. We, we, we were talking about having no spoilers, um, but that's for next week, damn it. This is not for this week, because these are potential, these are spoilers, these are head scratchers, these are, these are pinches of salt, if you will, because who knows, maybe he was just messing with people. However, he said, and the quote, there was one scene I think where we had where we had like everybody was there. I can't really f- talk about that scene, but I knew it took them three months in planning this scene to have everyone there because you look around and you just saw everyone from Samuel L. Jackson to Michael Douglas to Michelle Pfeiffer. Everyone was there. Oh boy. Uh that's interesting because if it's the Wakanda scene, I don't know why Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer would be there. It makes more sense for, I mean, unless they're unless they're gonna some. That's a really weird thing, man. What is Hank Pym gonna don the Ant Man suit for this movie? That would be crazy and unprecedented. I mean, he's still an old-ass man, but he probably still has it, right? At least kind of. CGI. Yeah, well, no, I meant I meant theoretically Hank Pym's character, not well, actual Michael Douglas trying to do this, the, the stunts. All you got to do is get a stunt guy wearing a green mask. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but that's... Hey, man, uh, do what you got to do. I don't know, man. I don't know because... <sighs> Pfeiffer doesn't debut until Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's what, that's what they say. There's actually interesting that we mentioned that there's the, you know, another person that was supposed to debut in their own solo movie mm-hmm. that might have been spoiled accidentally. Yeah. Josh Brolin is talking recently, and he is talking about seeing people on set similarly. Because the way Josh Brolin did it was a lot of his work when he wasn't on set was voice acting work and he wasn't always there to work with people. So there are certain people he didn't actually work with, but he specifically brought up how grateful he was to work with Brie Larson. And it's like, Hmm, 
Brie Larson, huh? So Captain Marvel's definitely in this movie, you say? Okay, well, I can't wait to see it now for sure. Uh, and see, there was the rumor that her scene got cut from the movie. And who knows if that's a lie. It's so crazy. It's like the Russos have created a false trust completely for this movie. You right. don't know what's real. You don't know what's fake. You don't know who to believe. You see the footage, and you can kind of be led to assume certain things may be happening or we're going down a certain path, but nothing is guaranteed. Um, it seems that there's possible, I don't know if you saw this or not, Peter Dinklage's role might have been revealed kind of unintentionally. I don't know if you listened to the clip or anything. No, but I, I remember talking to you about that just the other day. I brought that to your attention. Yeah, so uh, there's this fight sequence between Proxima Midnight, uh, Corvus Glaive, uh, Captain America, Black Widow, I think Scarlet Witch, and maybe Vision. I think it's that scene that we see where they're trying to take the Mind Stone from Vision. And uh, Corvus Glaive speaks, and I'll be goddamned if it's not Peter Dinklage's voice. It has to be, you know? Now, here's the thing that's a little bit interesting and quirky and timey-wimey and weird about this, because, yeah, Peter Dinklage, he's he could be the voice of Corvus Glaive, and that totally makes sense. The thing that's strange is there have actually been set pictures released where he looked like Pip the Troll. Like, leaked set pics, right? Where he didn't fully look like Pip the Troll, but he had the hairstyle and stuff and, and, and definitely could have been doing that. So, my question is, like, do you think he's playing both? I don't know. I mean, wouldn't it's not the first time someone's played two roles in one movie with a voice and then like appearance and something else. I mean, I've always wondered if they were going to do, do anything like that for Vin Diesel. Let, let let him have like a visual cameo in the movie, seeing as how he he only says "I am Groot." See, I still think that Marvel fucked up with Vin Diesel because if I was Marvel. I would have made Vin Diesel Black Bolt, the character who does not speak at all. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you have the dichotomy of the two where Groot only can say certain things. Black Bolt can't speak or he'll explode shit. But, of course, they didn't go that route. So that's cool with Peter Dinklage. It'll be cool if he is Corvus Glaive. That's awesome. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. This was a really interesting stat that I just learned. According to data used by the Wall Street Journal, 45% of the participants that they gave this survey to more excited to see it than 33% of the participants, I could not get that word out for some reason, uh, who were excited to see The Force Awakens. Essentially meaning that the movie-goer interest, while it's a hard number to fully assign an absolute value to, it's all, you know, subs you know, substantiated opinions. Uh, it seems like Infinity War is going to outpace um, and be the m largest box office all time. It, de it definitely could be. Um, and then you wonder, it's once we get past this movie, and then we get looking over to the next one, you know... Because I've heard that this movie like really like warms your heart with all of the character interaction. You know, it you are you are very entertained by that, 
by seeing these characters who don't normally interact with each other interact with each other, and then it rips it out of your chest. Oh uh, yeah, well of course it will. Yeah, well yeah, it, well it, I I see this movie as sort of the Empire Strikes Back of the of the of the, of the MCU, if, like like if you will, I. I definitely think it's going to be that because the because in order for there to be a two parter, the good guys have got to lose, and they have to lose in an epic way, man. Uh, interesting thing to note with the with the movies, um, the directors Joe and Anthony Russo have come out and said that Infinity War and Part Four are both completely one story separate from each other, like. There's a start, a middle, and an ending to Infinity War. We're not going to be left with some bullshit cliffhanger like, wait till next year to see the great conclusion of... Like, it'll wrap with a bow. and then, Right, but but whether or not that bow is a happy ending. Exactly. Um, you know, that, that that's where you're going to find it. <laughs> and that's where I'm glad that this is hopefully not a double sequel syndrome. Uh, it's something that I've spoken out about many times. I really don't like when movies do that it, because there's always one that suffers. There's uh, there there's not really many franchises that have done double sequel syndrome and have not had one of them suffer. But man, I feel like the way they've planned and prepared this story and all the work that's gone into keeping spoilers free and all that stuff and fake scripts and all that shit, I feel like these guys are the masters of this universe and with the amount of planning they've done and they decided to do back-to-back shoots, and I know that you're right, man. Another thing that happens is actors suffer from fatigue when you do a long, you know, six months of movie filming with one set of characters because you get lost in that character in a different way where it's not necessarily as fun and fresh as it was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm look- I'm just looking forward to Infinity War, Brando. I... Uh... I mean, it only ends bad, just so you know. There can't be, like, I'm already reserving myself that there's a lot of sad coming in this movie. Like, a lot of darkness. And Thanos is going to be a righteous, vengeful motherfucker who, yeah, shit's about to pop off. Because, you know, the MCU has remained unscathed. These Avengers who are just still barely learning to crawl with their powers, you know, even though they've been through a lot of shit together and apart, uh, they've never fucking lost and fully lost, you know, lost. Yeah, well, no, I mean, you can almost say that in Civil War they lost because, but they didn't. Like, like if you know what I mean, like, like, like that, like the whole movie was set up like when you have a like a hero on hero there's always going to be a losing side there's always going to be uh kind of a de- like that movie ended with like a down downward feel kind yep. of yep uh but then it's going to be like coming into here they all got to get back together they got to you know get past their differences work together and then death and then the train of our existence will show up you know i actually have my window open today so i'm i'm hearing kids i'm hearing dogs i'm hearing airplanes I'm here. Uh, Ooh, I'm surprised airplanes. I haven't heard sirens in a while. I live near a hospital, so it's actually relatively comfortable. Uh, and we are in late April, and it's finally comfortable. We have got past our third winter. 
Uh, I think it seems like we are now past the worst of it. We're we are not looking at any more snow. We actually had snow one week ago, Nate, down here. Dude, it was supposed to snow on my birthday, legit. That's redonkulous. April 19th should not ever have the word snow in it. When I was born, Brandon, it was the hottest day of the year. Snow. Hottest day of the year. Snow. Global warming is not real. This message is brought to you by Journey into Comics Network. It is real. What the fuck? So is that it for Avengers? Do you have anything else? Um, I mean, I do have this little article about uh, Australians are upset. Do you know about this? No. Some Australians are calling for the cancellation of the premiere of Infinity War because, um, obviously, the way this drops, uh, it's actually going to fall for globally, technically for the United States, even though it'll be the 26th over there. It'll be the 25th when the people will technically be seeing this in Australia, which happens to be a holiday called Anzac Day. It's a somber national holiday. I'm not sure what that holiday... Oh, Anzac Day is a national day of remembrance in Australia and New Zealand that commemorates all Australians and New Zealanders who have severe, have served and died in all wars and conflicts. It's essentially their like Veterans Day, right? Or Memorial Day, even. Yeah. Um, but... This movie is coming out the same day, and that's pissing people off because businesses aren't permitted to open until 1 p.m. or later. Movie theaters are already scheduled to be open at 10 a.m., and many are finding this act to be disrespectful. My issue is not this is somebody saying um, the... uh, Australian Today Show Entertainment editor Richard Wilkins says, My issue is not that Avengers is opening a day earlier. It is that cinemas are allowed to operate from 10 a.m. at all when most other retailers are restricted to 1 p.m. So, damn. Lots of controversy with this movie, man. Man, I mean, I'm not trying to sound insensitive, but it's like, you know, why can't they just wait? Um... Was it three, three hours? Why can't the theaters wait three hours? And like that, like that's basically one showing to open like afternoon. You know. Yeah, you're only getting one showing out of the deal. Yeah, well, I mean, and you, you might have multiple screens, but I mean, come on, man! Like, like, come on, man! <laughs> I, I would like I wouldn't call for the cancellation of the premiere. I would say, you know, let's. Let's let's wait then, man. Let's wait. Let's compromise, bro. Yeah, compromise. All right, guys. Let's wait till one o'clock, and then we'll let it, like it'll be a big event. But yeah, so like I would, I my my issue would be with the theaters definitely. Like, say, guys, come on. Okay, and then last thing I have for Avengers to throw your way. I'm not sure if you saw this or not. Again, Russo brothers talking recently brought up the fact that it's not something any fan should be surprised at. Avengers 4, as it were, which will be the movie after Infinity War, will definitely be longer than Infinity War. So, looking at three hours plus territory. And actually, the Russos said that Marvel never ever gave them a mandate of whether or not they had a time restriction. If they wanted to make a four-hour fucking movie, Marvel would have let them do that. Because that's just the way it is. You know what I'm saying? 
Can you imagine having an intermission? Oh my god, dude! I would be overwhelmed. But you know what's crazy? Actually, I learned this. UHAS works at AMC theaters, so I actually know how movies get like sent to the theater now. Do you know about all this? No. So there's like a timed briefcase that they get, and the briefcase opens, and then the briefcase opens, and they get a hard drive, right, with billions of bytes of data because 4K. And think about the size of a movie screen. 4K is huge, so think about the file size, right? Yeah. Apparently, though, it's got like some built-in street date where it doesn't do anything when it's plugged to the internet until the street date releases, and then they actually can access that data. So it's not like it used to be with the reel-to-reel. So I don't know if intermission would even be a thing other than to just give the crowd intermission. Well, I mean, because the films just so, like the, there've been intermission for these digital films for sure, but, uh, but the, I mean, if you're gonna go see a four-hour movie, you're gonna have to give them ten minutes. You know, let people get up, go use the bathroom, come back. Um, you know, go two hours intermission, another two hours, and then go. Uh, you know, I've actually heard that. See, and that makes me wonder. Is like then. I've heard that some like some theaters will let people let people work work in there see the movie a little early, so I wonder how that necessarily works. I mean, maybe for a movie like of this size, maybe you're gonna get that, but maybe not all movies have that kind of. I know the I know the answer to that because the street date is 24 hours before the actual release of the movie, okay. and essentially, a, as of now, it's only supposed to be the manager of whatever place that does a, a check. And the reason that you do the check is because if you download the movie the rest of the way, you press play and there's no sound, you got to download a patch. Or if you press play and there's sound and no visual, you got to call and get a patch. So that just gives you enough time to get your, you know, everything working. Because what an epic fail it would be for the Night of Infinity War to happen, and for some shit like that to go down. You know what I'm saying? No sound. Oh man, people would be pissed. People would riot, Brando. They would flip the fuck out. They would rip the shares out of the out of the fucking theater. I almost thought you said shares, like yeah, they would rip, rip sh- their shares, rip their yeah. shares up that they had. <laughs> I'm ripping up all of my shares that I bought at the AMC chain right here, right now, right there. I, I have no more ownership of this place. I'm leaving peacefully. <laughs> See, Brando, and then when you said shares, I didn't think. Of shares, <laughs> I thought of share, like like the singer. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> hey, do you believe in life after love? Wop, wop. She's just screaming. No. <laughs> oh shit. Anyways, um. Even Robert Downey Jr. doesn't know if Iron Man's going to die, so maybe not. Who knows? That's all I have for Infinity War, Brando. I'm done there. Do you got any other Infinity War news to add to this, my bro? No, man. No, I'm excited to go see the movie on, on Friday, either uh, either with the wife or by myself, it seems. So we're going to have to figure it out. Hell yeah, man. Anyway, so Nate, we had... Um, a really big event that happened at The Walking Dead on the show. We had the season finale, the end of All Out War. 
and for the show version of such storyline, that was last week. We did, yeah. of course, we didn't get a chance to um, uh, to talk about it because number one, it happened late Sunday night, and this show comes out Monday morning. But this is the first time you and me have actually had a chance to talk about it. Nate, what did you think of the season finale? I believe they did a really good job for for what they did. You know, life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. They don't have Carl. I think they make a great use of Carl's death being so important on how this thing ends. And that's the made catalyst it for me. It, 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 they, they, they've changed the story, and instead of, make it, of it making Rick be, being all like having a turn of leaf, having him being like, I just want to make a better world now. And, and now they're like, they use the pivotal moment of Carl's death from the midseason to uh, to try and change it. And also, to that same vein, what what Negan felt about Carl as well, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, there was a point where Negan probably, you know, he didn't want to kill Carl. He would have if he needed to, but absolutely not. He didn't want to. He, he's like, man, this kid's got guts. And... I loved going towards the end. There's a there's a few things that they changed. Of course, it was the the catalyst that causes Rick to kind of go this different pattern. But also, also Nate, uh, he also didn't get the uh, saviors to give up to save Negan. They just gave up. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, which I kind of I kind of liked that too because it seemed again it made more sense. This thing played out like it made sense the whole time. You're just like, oh, this is going to be how it's going to be. And then even when Rick is chasing Negan in one scene and he shoots at him and misses and shoots on a glass window, right? I immediately knew where that would end. I was like, oh, my God, that's so – of course that would be on the ground. Of course that's how they're going to do it. It's not – you know, Negan breaking Rick's leg, which I get that kind of sucks that it didn't happen. But again, now you don't have to restrict Andy Lincoln to being a, you know, a, a, a someone who's walking with a, a limp or anything, you know, he can just mm-hmm. be an actor as himself and not be limited to that f- physical limitation, you know, uh, also faking walking like that can cause you to fucking walk like that. So, you know, you yeah, it can actually it can actually mess up your whole like body where you're just your body get used to like like it gets used to it. And that's that's one reason why they didn't want. Um, oh, the dude that played Herschel um, when he lost his leg, he was walking on crutches. They didn't want to have a whole like next part of the season where he's walking on crutches. They're like, you know, let's make it easier for him. Let's just. Oh, they found a, they found a uh, what you call it. And yeah prosthetic somewhere you know and it's like oh that's kind of a crit like that's kind of a shoe in yeah you know it, it, it is but like a shoe in brandon a shoe in the episode title is definitely a shoe in <laughs> but it oh. makes it easier on the dude so you know like i mean look at this over here i got this pop vinyl i, I got this Hershey pop vinyl and he's on crutches, and I don't know about you, Nate, but he he just doesn't look all, he doesn't look all that happy. He looks very sad, Herschel. Yeah, he looks like a sad Herschel. He's a, a very Herschel. dead Herschel. <laughs> no, uh, yes. So let's talk about it. Uh, get into this episode here. There's a couple things I like. I like 
the role Dwight plays in this story. I like where Dwight's story resolves. I love Eugene's role in the story, and I was hoping that that was going to be the resolution because I've literally been fucking hating him since his capture. Like, you piece of shit, Eugene. You traitorous bitch. But, of course, he just was being a coward to survive and played it smart. Uh, I love the sabotage that's done. Uh, man. Uh, also, oh, you got, you know, I really loved the interaction towards the end of the episode with Morgan and Jadis. Yeah. And. Anne. Yeah, she revealed her name. He got her to go. She's going back to see Rick and play a part in this new world. That's awesome. That means she'll be sticking around. Uh, I'm excited to see what role she plays and what role an artist can be. Hey, there's a private jet of, of my existence. Private jet of your existence? Holy shit, I don't think I hear it. No, I will it, say there's pretty... one storyline that has still not been wrapped up that you had talked about last episode, like this season finale could also serve as a series finale. Mm-hmm. Nah, they didn't they didn't tie one bow up. Where in the motherfuck is Heath? Yeah. I'm so mad that Heath has just been MIA for this whole fucking story, Brando. <laughs> Leads me to believe one of two things. Either he's going to play a role and have found himself in Commonwealth and he'll be a tie-in. Maybe he's the guy that gets Eugene there instead of it being this new character, Stephanie. Or, alternately, a different way they could take this is, is that he comes back with news that there are walkers that are people. Now, there was a rumor, of, like, there towards the end, you saw Rick's group uh, walking to where they were going to try and get the jump on Negan. And they see this big-ass herd. And it's one of the biggest they've ever seen. And it's kind of looking off into this distance where you have this beautiful landscape and then this big herd. And there's people going, oh, that was the Whisperers. And they're like saying, no, that wasn't the role. That wasn't. A, we weren't trying to like plant seeds. We were just trying to show you, the audience, the meaning behind Rick's Rick's plan. It's like, here they are fighting each other in this war with people, and there's your common enemy. It's like this big-ass herd that could easily wipe all these guys out due to just being overwhelmed. And here here these guys are, you know, fighting and killing each other. Meanwhile, how are you going to you know take on a herd like that or even survive a herd like that without numbers? You're not. So apparently we didn't get any sort of whisper or... Uh, Easter egg or anything. Now, what what this tells me though, Nate, uh, is that we are going to get a time jump for sure, definitely uh, coming out of this. Uh, because I mean, if you've seen uh, Je- Jeffrey Dean Morgan's press appearances for Rampage for the movie, he's he's sporting this big old beard. Of course, in the comics, when we see Negan again after so long, he's got a big old beard after being locked up. Um, but they, they they did this whole thing with the, the so the, they did the whole Eugene storyline where he sabotaged the bullets for all the saviors and Rick's people came up and a couple of them got killed you know like there were still some losses for the from the saviors 
Negan hit the road. Rick chased him down, was shooting him. Of course, hit that hit hit that glass that they've been teasing all season. They've been doing the shots with this glass with Rick and it like reflecting this like the light in the Rick's eyes, right? Yep. And him and Negan go at it. Of course, Negan's kind of like the stronger of the two. Kind of does get the upper hand, and uh, Rick tries to talk sense to him. Right? It's like you know Carl wanted this this way. And we can do it. And Negan's like, you know, F that. I'm going to kill you. And then Rick's just like, just hear me out. And Negan's like, you got 10 seconds. 10, 9, nine 8. And then Rick starts going on his diatribe. What I love is the... What what helps... What, what, what really helps me sell this is that, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's portrayal of the Negan character... It's spot on. It's exactly the way I see it. Um, because then you see the look in his eyes when he's getting up there close to the point where, you know, he was still counting down and Rick was saying what he was saying. And you just see, like, the confliction, the pain, wants it to be over. And then Rick slices his throat. Ugh. And then there is that again that look of like son of a bitch. I you will know? not place my finger on his throat. I will rip his head clean off. He uh I, I love that look when he's holding his throat. Save you know? him. Well, uh, I just love the like the like Negan's like this is it, you know. Yep, he's reserved to the fact that it's over and it's not. Uh, I gotta ask Brando because this is a little different from the comics. Because we got a, something in this that I'm unsure of how they're gonna resolve. Because I don't think she signed on for season nine, but there's dissension with Maggie. Yeah, well, and of course, in in the comics, she's very upset about Rick's decision as well. She's not happy, but she uh, doesn't go plan to betray him, as it seems well, like these three are doing. Conspirators. I don't, I, I, I don't know if that's exactly where where you would go in the in those terms because I've heard and I've read people going, "Oh my God, she's the next villain." I'm like, I don't know if I'd label it that. You know, uh, they. I don't think what they're wanting to do is to betray Carl or Michonne. I think they want to kill Negan, and they uh, they plan on doing that. Which okay, uh, whether, that ties back into what Maggie's plan is in the long haul, anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, but it just kind of shows you a different mindset about it. You know, she, these, uh, you know, Maggie, Jesus, and then of course we see Daryl. Uh, don't agree with Rick's decision to keep Negan alive and lock him up, and we are going to see that play out. I think that we were get like given this scene. To set that up for the next. Like, that's like the big setup going forward. That's what takes us forward. Of course, we have also, like, uh, the fella from, from from the sanctuary who stayed behind in, in Hilltop. He was saying, hey, I took a look at those schematics, and I can help build this stuff. Like, the windmill and all that stuff. So, that's, hey, there, there's all of a sudden this dude who was just kind of hanging around. And people are like, what role is he going to play? That's his importance. He's there like an go. engineer of some sorts. He's going to be the engineer of Hilltop. He's going to help make that place. He, um, his overall character may not become a big role in the show, but that's the importance of that character. He's going to help getting Hilltop to the next level. But when you have those three characters make that pact, uh, 
you know, th- them saying we will show them is not, they're not saying, it, oh, we're going to show them by killing them, by killing Rick, by killing Michonne. They don't want to do that. Um, you know, and much, much less Daryl, man. Daryl and Rick are tight. So you're right. I don't think that that's the next step. I think the next step is finding a way to kill Negan. And then that's going to go into the next story. Of course, we're going to have the time jump. So there's, it's not like they're going to like the night, the day after the, the war with the saviors are going to be working to get into Alexandria to kill Negan. This is like she said, we're going to bide our time. We're we're we're, we're going to wait this out, and when when we get a chance, it's going to happen. So we may see, and like since Carl's not around to go down there and talk to him, and, and all this kind of stuff, I think there's going to you know, when you're going to have the uh, the whispers coming around. I think there's going to be some dissension between Maggie's group and Carl, and Rick's group, and then there's this this whisper thing, and they need to work together. But then there's that Negan thing in the background. And then Negan gets out. And maybe for this part of the story, you know, maybe you have Daryl the Hunter trying to track down Negan when he's out. Ooh. You know, maybe he knows. Maybe they know. And this is our chance. This is our chance. We go get him. You know what thing about the Whispers Kill bothers me? It's a possibility. Huh? Well, you think about it. How are they going to make it matter if... Uh, Alpha's daughter doesn't take interest with Carl. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can Lydia take interest in Carl if he's not fucking there? Who's she going to fall for that's going to make this... Because that's the only reason the Whisperers even fuck with Rick's group is because of Carl and company. Well, not... No, not not at first. It's about boundaries at first, Remember? Oh, it that's comes true. Back ar- comes back around later with the whole Carl and and, and mm-hmm. like and, and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, at, at first, it like you get Rosita, Ezekiel, and a few others head heads on spikes. So that's where it ends up. Which I can't wait to see what characters they kill off in that fashion. Ooh. If it still is Ezekiel, if it is still is Rosita, you know, maybe it's maybe it's Tara out of the blue. You know, she's yeah. become a big character in the show uh, over the last couple of seasons. Impactful you know, sudden, would be Daryl. Oh, dude, Daryl be pissed. No, and then and Daryl. Well, head. no, no, I'm not going to kill Daryl yet. Uh, but Tara's head up there, boom, gets gets Daryl pissed off. Ezekiel's head up there, boom, gets Carol pissed off. You know, Rosita's head, boom, gets Eugene gets Eugene pissed off. Yeah. And then you start going into the next level of Eugene's character, of uh, where here he was this coward to the entire all-out war thing, where he 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 hung his head and helped helped the enemy, and then here he is in this next story where he wants to take up arms and go. Because now Abraham's dead, Rosita's dead, his group, man, his crew, who protected him, and they're gone, and now here he is, and he in the in you know. You know that that doesn't sit right with him. So then you have you're given reason across the board with these characters want to stand up, and then you get, then you have Rick who's trying to be like, no man, you just can't go off fighting another croup. <laughs> you know, and then Negan's down there going, God damn, will you go out there and show these guys how to lead? 
You become a pussy. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, man. But, th- but then just imagine how, like, if Daryl gets back and tells Maggie that Negan killed uh, killed Alpha and brought the head back to Rick, if they find out about that. Because, oh, man, and seeing uh, seeing comments, there's so many people going, oh, that's so stupid, they should have killed Negan. Oh, now he's just going to escape. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. But it's awesome, though, because, like, they're so not seeing the next evolution of this character. They're not. not they're, they're not seeing that. They're they're seeing him, and it, and it's difficult in a visual form because you saw, and they made it so graphic. Of the death of Abraham and Glenn, they, they, that's one of the most uncomfortable scenes to watch in the entire show. Yep, and it has to be, because this character is going to get a redemption of sorts. He is going to come around. He's going to try to be the good guy, and everyone's going to hate him for it. And they're wondering what his game is, just like we were when we read the comics. You know, every issue we're like, "What's his game? What's he doing? Why did he just sit there in the cell with the door open? Is he playing mind games?" We're all just thinking he has this big, overarching like idea of how he's gonna fuck with Rick and how he's gonna get back at him. Hope he's gonna take off. And that was never his game. And that was just so awesome to see that play out. And I can't wait to see it play out in the upcoming season. Uh, Of course, they got picked up for season nine. However, Nate. Yeah. Um, ratings weren't so good, man. No, lowest since season one. So, um, the finales for for all, uh, or for the for, you know for all the finales, uh, for the ratings. Yeah, dude. Um, season one like was the like is the lowest because it was season one. Um, but. So when they come in to episode one of this season, right? They had 11 million people watching with a with a 5.0 share. So you had, you know, uh, like five percent of televisions that were on Sunday night watching The Walking Dead. It ended, and the, and it well, no, okay. So yeah, you, you had 11.44 million. It ended with 7.9 million with a 3.4 share. Damn. Now, there is, I saw somewhere that had all the finales. This article doesn't have it, which really pisses me off because you see, like, the height of the popularity of the show. Like, it grew and it got to season five and it was the highest. And when we've been falling ever since, um, I definitely think we're we are past the glory days of this show. I think this show is at a point now where you you get kind of on a train for a while where you're riding in your best days and they made a couple critical errors that really pissed people off and I think that's where they bucked people. I think that the graphicness of Glenn's death affected some people. And made them turn their TVs off. I feel like the death of Carl might have affected some people. I mean, there's there's a lot of different little factors that you could say are why the numbers are so low. And ultimately, it's a show in its eighth season. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dexter wasn't pulling down the rave ratings it was in the early seasons when it was in season eight. No, it was, it, it was, and then it turned out the worst finale in TV history, most likely Lumberjack fucking Dexter. 
Now, the series has hit an all time like it started going low, right? It started going low around the the introduction of Negan. Yeah. Um. Granted, that whole season after, it, 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 there's not there is a lot of story stuff that happens that season, but there's only a few big action moments that happen during that season. This season was all action. For it was like from the get go, uh, from the first like three or four episodes, just nothing but gunfight, 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 and uh, for the, for for better or worse, it's almost like last season did all the story stuff to really get up to this point, and now we're in the fight, you know, and. So at the loss of at the loss of Carl, episode eight, episode eight uh, brings in seven point nine million people at a three point four share. Wait, did okay. I say yeah? And and episode nine, which was you know season you know mid season premiere, brings in eight point three million with a three point six share. And the next week, it went down to a, a 2.9, 2.8, 2.83, Basically, um, season one, uh, the finale had 5.9 people, million people tune in. So we're not. I mean, we're 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 starting to to like to to go down because a couple years ago. Uh, the Walking Dead was averaging almost 14 million live viewers per episode. Shit. And now we are we have dropped in you know from the beginning it was 11 and then eight 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 seven 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 six six seven. So we're we have now halved our audience since season five. I definitely think we are nearing the end of this series, and I think they need to be thinking about that. I know they're making mo- motions to try and get the series. And the kind of uh, feel and motion that it was when it was at its highest. I still think that you don't, like, even though the comic is still going and it's going to be going for quite a while. I don't like to see a show all of a sudden not get picked up. Because what if we get through next year and that's Whisperer War and they don't pick it up for season 10? And then we're like, they have to wrap it up so fast. I hate that. I hate that because you don't you don't get stuff wrapped up the way you want it to. You don't get the kind of closure, you know. Just recently, we found out that Ash versus the Evil Dead got canceled, and their to their show was already filmed and done. Their and their series finale airs in like in in like a week. That's crazy to me. And they just got announced the other day that they were canceled, so they didn't even have time to set through and set in motion. Like, all right, let's try and give this. You know, let's get another season, and this is how we're going to wrap up the story. I, I I would hope that since this show has made AMC a buttload of money, that they are just going to let them ride this thing out. Because, Nate, the ending date may have been revealed. Oh, um, go on. Please do tell. From the, uh, from the Now, this is from our friends at comicbook.com. The end of The Walking Dead may have been revealed in permits, which requested three more years of life in Sanoa, uh, Sanoia, Georgia. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Probably just butchered it. In uh, in requesting a permit to build a massive 55 foot windmill, the production team behind the AMC series asked it to be permitted to stand for three years. Furthermore, the team has permits which has allowed them to shut down the streets of surrounding Alexandria set in Sin- in Sonoya, Georgia, which expire in 2019. Those permits have been uh, submitted for renewal, requesting an extension to match th- the three year term of the windmill. 
Uh, location manager Mike Riley asked the city council for permission to build a 55-foot windmill on the on the Alexandria site located at the Gin Property Development in downtown and to keep it there for three years. Uh, the stalwart film, the production company for The Walking Dead, has a permit uh, for the closure of Morgan Street and the... Uh, 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 oh, man. Uh, corrugated? Corrugated metal? Is, uh-huh. is that how you say that? Yep, corrugated. Well, I, I don't think I've ever said that word out loud. Uh, around the Alexandria site, which expires at the end of 2019, Riley asked that those permits be extended to match the three years for the permit for the windmill. This could be the indication that they plan on, you know, pack it up after season 11. However, this would also be inaccurate given several details of variables. First of all, there is no guarantee the the AMC set will remain in Alexandria as the comic book series has. Uh, Furthermore, there may be limitations on the permit as a three-year request could be the maximum under the jurisdiction of, like, of the city limits. And the uncertain future... uh, with an uncertain future, there could also be a business aspect to request, meaning that simply the team could wait for a season 12 or beyond to to be guaranteed before they spend any more money on further permits. Currently, The Walking Dead is charging toward a fresh start, of course, which this whole past season has led to a new story, as well as uh, Angela King Kang being the new uh, showrunner, uh, replacing Scott Gimple as he's now the overlord of, of the dead universe. Uh, basically, uh, death. Yeah. Let's see here. I'm trying to see. Uh, Andrew Lincoln tells comicbook.com that he's quite excited. I'm very excited about An- Angela's tenure. She pitched the first eight a couple of weeks ago, and I think we're getting the first episode today. There's a renewed vigor, vitality, energy, just a vision that's happening that's reminiscent, and certainly more for me, of the pilot episode. There's a lot of things in there that could, I think, could really, that I could kind of dig what she's looking into. The things that I loved about the pilot episode, there's a few ideas in there that she's expanding and running with, which is very exciting. Um, the production starts on season nine on April 30th. Oh, so very soon here. Eight yeah. days, seven days, a week from today. Yes. Uh, so, like, they're going to be kicking up and get going, uh, and then they'll probably wrap up the first uh, half of the season around July. Because I think that's how they do it. They they film from like May, May and June to July, because it, they they usually have like the, the, most of the filming for the first half done by by San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, so they and can then, drop little teaser clips. Yeah, sure. And then they after Comic Con, I think in August or something, they go back, and from August September, maybe even October to to finish up, either finish up with any reshoots they need to do for first half, and then finish off the last half of the series. Damn. Well, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see what comes from the future of The Walking Dead, Brando. Well, I now mean, we I've... could also have crossovers even more so than what we had with with Morgan going over to 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 the Fear set because they, I, the the Morgan that went over there. I want to say it's it's not a past Morgan. It's a it's a current time Morgan. So they had a time jump. Yeah, Fear caught up to the Walking Dead timeline, right? Because this Morgan is the Morgan that left after this shit. I, yeah, I think so. And because I, I, again, I, I'm behind, so I haven't watched it. But yes, yeah, they didn't do it the way I thought they were going to do it. But now, like, in a weird kind of way, like they could actually just have the two shows merge at some point. Ooh. I. But then, the, then there's this other article that talked about, uh, basically, Walking Dead might test the waters 
for like to do a, like a spinoff movie of some sorts. Uh, basically, with Gimple going into chief content officer, he's basically in charge of the entire Dead Universe and possible expansions that might come with it. Um, they might be actually seeking out to do a movie. There's a, of course, for the finale, and for the for the finale, and then for the fear premiere, they actually did that in theaters, and for like select locations, doing a fathom yeah. event, uh, which I wanted to go to, didn't get a chance to, which would have been cool to see that on the big screen. But apparently, there were theaters that were sold out across the country. Um, so pretty Damn. cool. Uh, there's also rumors not listed in this article straight on, uh, but about them doing a Daryl prequel about like basically almost kind of like what we did or what they did over in uh in that video game ah yeah the but maybe uh, survival instinct or whatever survival instinct yeah but maybe they'll actually do something more with that so you get michael rooker to come back in to play merle and and do all that stuff that would be kind of neat i i almost kind of feel like the ship has sailed with this with this Daryl character, um, he's not as interesting as he used to be. Maybe and hopefully, you could have uh, this new story with him sort of like colluding <laughs> with Maggie and Jesus against Rick and wanting to kill Negan. Maybe that'll that'll, that'll liven up the character a little bit more. Yeah, but I mean, the characters kind of become boring. Uh, the last cool thing they did with him that I liked is when they really made him deal with the death of Glenn and how he's at fault with that. But they they haven't done anything with it since. Um, and they just kind of he's kind of been there, and sometimes he doesn't even talk. He just they're pointing his crossbow. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So we swear. Damn it. Okay. Well. Okay. There's uh, something I want to touch on. There's something I want to touch on. So, so Daryl drives uh Dwight off away from everybody and it, uh, Dwight kind of thinks they this is it. All right, he's going to he's going to put an arrow on my head. He's he's, he's going to kill me. And oh, and again he kind of apologizes for what he did to Denise. He says I know what I did and I can't take it back. You know, I'm a piece of shit. I know I am. But then again, he's all he he's, he he, he kind of says that he's ready for it and then he's all like, "But you know, please don't. Please, gosh, you know, there all of a sudden there it is, you know. He was standing up like, yes, I'm going to die. And then all of a sudden when that moment hits, he's like, okay, no, no, wait, I don't want to die. And then you're, he's kind of pleading, and that's when Daryl throws in the keys. says, leave. Get out of here. You come around here again, I'll kill you myself. And Dwight takes off and goes to his old house, if I do remember. That's like their old place. That's where Daryl first met them. Well, it was near there. Near uh, where Daryl first met them. We, yeah, we, back in season five. Well, there was that there was that episode where Dwight ran off to go find her, went there, and left a note for her with like a six pack, and then when he goes back there, there's a note for him with a couple of those beers gone, or maybe they're all gone. I, but then you don't get to see what was said on the note. You just see like he kind of smiles. So she's still out there. Yep. Uh, pretty interesting. I I can't wait to see what's more for him because. Obviously, he's going to be in a different role than what he is in the comics. Uh, he's not a welcome. He's not a person who's going to be necessarily welcome, but maybe he's going to be somebody who's kind of runs across the whispers before anybody else and tries to tell everybody, and they're just like, oh, get out of here. I told you I was going to kill you myself. <laughs> Wait, Daryl, 
listen to what he has to say. Their walkers are talking, man. He's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> okay, well, I've never heard a walker talk. What did it sound like? It it sound like it was from around here, <laughs> or that maybe had traveled a long way. <laughs> and then, and then, of course, Dwight just looks him dead ass in the face and just goes, "I thought. I mean, I thought he sounded Canadian, but I mean, <laughs> that's what that's all. That's what kind of gave it away, eh?" <laughs> Just the walking, zombies man. weren't going, uh, he was going, hey. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, I really like the wrap up of this. I like the stuff with Tegan, uh, because, and it, you know, maybe if I wasn't reading the comics, maybe I wouldn't be as, as excited because I think it's part of why I am excited. Uh, is because I know where the character development goes for Negan and they seem to be on that track. Uh, you know, so far, they haven't de- like oh, of all the stuff they've deviated. They haven't deviated from that character's track yet. So, I'm excited to see what they do. Me too, man. I can't wait for the future of the Walking Dead comic and otherwise. And of course, next time people hear us, we'll be inching ever closer to a new issue of the Walking Dead to review. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, as we wrap up the uh, New World Order story, uh, Brando, I do have a little article that's totally left field. Uh, back to some Marvel news, but not Marvel MCU news. This is Fox Marvel news. There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the Fox X-Men movie franchise right now. Deadpool 2 looks to be doing good, opening up the universe in a big way, possibly introducing the X-Force, you know. Uh, however, New Mutants and Dark Phoenix were delayed until 2019. Uh, Disney's acquisition of 20th Century Fox continues to be worked out, which would shift all those characters to the MCU. So here's maybe a part of the reason why things got moved, and I'll share a little bit of my opinion on this. Uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix will be the last proper Fox X-Men movie, presumably also the last in continuity. The crew behind the camera has been thanked for their work, but their services will not be needed any longer as everything is moving to Disney. Apparently, the X-Men being integrated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a done deal and merely awaiting the approval of the merger. Kevin Feige is hovering up all of the Fox Marvel characters and is already planning for them to go into Phase 4. This includes X-Men, Deadpool, and the Fantastic Four. Of course, in what capacity and with what actors was not discussed. So if that pans out, what will happen? Will there be a continuity switch over? Will we keep characters? Will we not? I'm unsure. One thing I think this says for sure, Brando, uh, and I wanted to touch on this, the, I think the reason that they pushed this shit to 2019 more than anything else, they were going to make less money if this movie came out this year. X-Men Dark Phoenix comes out this year, and it's not the merger isn't officially done, done deal, you know? And it's still kind of this lingering thing. Now, if X-Men Dark Phoenix is it and the merger happens before this movie comes out, go see the last Marvel Fox movie ever, you know, and it'll get people hyped. Like, this is the end of the X-Men stories from 2000, you know, 19 years of storytelling, um, which is another crazy number to think about. You want to talk about continuity and cinematic universes. X-Men did it first in a lot of ways. Of course, Kevin Feige was a part of that. So uh, I just think that them pushing this is a more of a money thing. Help pad their fourth quarter or whenever it's coming out. Yeah. Well, it, it also is going to be exciting because 
I know Feige's jumping at the bit. Uh, and I know that them trying to hammer this stuff down, he's looking at Phase 4 and what they're going to be doing. Because he, he's looking at the Infinity War and Avengers 4 to be like the stopgap. Like, this is where all stories before it have come, and they end here, and now we go forward. And the X-Men, Fantastic Four, Deadpool are going to be a, a key part in going forward into that next role when they start possibly losing actors who they've had for the last 10 years, when you've had Robert Downey, Chris Evans, all these guys that are saying that they're kind of wrapping it up. You know, Chris Evans says that he's done after Avengers 4. Man, I, I'm just, uh, I, I'm kind of done. I've, I've played the character. It's been awesome. But what else, you know, what else can I lend to it at this point? Which, uh, it's going to be cool because then he's going to be gone but then it won't. The impact will be will be less because you're still going to have Cumberbatch around, you're still going to have uh, Tom Holland around, you're still going to have uh, possibly even uh, Hemsworth around. So like yeah, you're still going to be like, you know, like and it possibly like it, it all depends. You know, is like maybe Tony Stark won't die. Maybe he'll just kind of take a backseat role and let come in only for like special occasions or something. You know. Oh, you know uh, it'd be kind of cool, and I could totally see happening. Tony creates like a tech division. He stops being an Avenger that fights and he starts being their tech and invites Shiri to help him because she's like this super mind from, you know, Wakanda. He's mm-hmm. like, why don't you just come and work with me and we'll tech all these guys out? And then you have a division of people that make your supers even more super. That's fucking right. cool, you know? Or ultimately, also, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry to, to interrupt, no, but. Go ahead. We also have another set of something to look forward to, and who are they going to cast? What version of these X Men characters are we going to get? You know, who we're, we're getting a whole new characters, and what and the thing is, is that you could still just bring the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool in as being the one dude who's just standing off and away from everybody, and people are like, "What are you doing here?" And he can make up some bullshit excuse, and, and it's perfect. Yeah, no, like, and you don't even have to tie it up and into a bow and make it sound like legit and into a cohesive story. He could just be there, and then of course in a PG thirteen role, you could have him again chomping at the bit to say that like that expletive that like other characters have been you know, like you know he's just he's like every every time he gets close he's like he's like wait hold on forgot what movie I'm in sorry <laughs> oh shh. Mm. Language. Yeah. Also, I could see Tony being AI if he does die. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe for Peter's too. suit. I'm thinking for the next Iron Man, uh, especially if you bring her in to be Iron Woman. Who? May, uh, may, uh, you said her name, Shiri. Uh, oh, Shiri, Black Panther's sister. She's going to inevitably be Black Panther at some point. I know, but like you can make her Iron Woman. And... That'd be cool. Actually, that's actually interesting. And then there's Tony still there, like in her head, like as Jarvis. Hey, kid. She's like, well, like she's all like, he's all saying stuff, and she goes, that, "No, that's not what you would do." No, he goes, "Kid, don't test me." <laughs> I, I would be into that actually. Make her the next Iron Man. I'm into it. Fuck it. As long as Jane Foster doesn't become our next Thor, and we don't get Natalie Portman as Thor, I'll be fine. <laughs> Well, they well they kind of had a mutual dumping, so it was a mutual dumping. She yeah, didn't man. dump me; it was a mutual dumping. Anyways, uh, Brando, I don't know if I have anything else to really throw your way. There was another Deadpool trailer. I don't know if you saw it. There was like a fuck ton of stuff that went on in the movie. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Juggernaut is supposed to be the main baddie of the movie. 
Yeah, right? And, like, it's supposed to be, like, a big, like, Colossus versus Juggernaut scene in the movie that blows people away. And another thing about Deadpool, it will actually be acknowledging Infinity War and Solo, a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Um, they, he, he even took a dig at the at the DC. God, you're so dark. Are you sure you aren't from the DCU? Like, I love it. I love Ryan Reynolds. I love that character. I love that they're ballsy enough and cheeky enough to enter and say those things and to just have that dialogue and to run with yeah. it. Also interesting to note that some of the dialogue that's in the trailer will not at all be featured in the movie, spoiler alert. I don't know if you know this, but they do that in movies sometimes where they put fake footage or footage that didn't end up making the film or gets changed or whatever. But apparently some people did not know this, and this is a report that they had to bring out on the interwebs. Can you catch my sarcasm at all? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, absolutely. We, I'm, Great. And I'm pretty sure we've actually talked about that in the past before. Yeah, for sure. Uh, your disdain for that in uh, Suicide Squad. Brando, do you want to send us home with some uh, where people can check all our shibs out and stuff? And well, you like know that? what? We are all over the interwebs. Did you know this, Nate? We are on podcast services across the globe, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and of course over at journeytocomics.com. You can check out all the shows there. We're also on on Patreon. You can check out us like over there, you know, patreon.com slash journey to comics where you get all the shows early access. As soon as they're done, as soon as they're, as soon as they're edited, they're up there for all for all of our early access tier. That's only a buck, guys. And then for three dollars you get awesome content like the Road to Infinity War reviews, as well as brand new shows such as the Podcast Menace and more shows to come down the line over there as well. Of course, we're on Facebook at Journey to Comics Network and JIC, you know, Journey to Comics Podcast. There's two different pages. You can check us both out. JIC Network on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, was it, it, Is it Journey to Comics there as well? On Instagram, we're Journey into Comics for sure. Yep. Yeah, well, there, there, there's so much stuff. And yep. each, each, each podcast has like its own accounts. It's hard, it's hard to keep track of. But yeah, go check us out on all that stuff. And um, and follow us, and that way you never miss an episode. Of course, you can subscribe on your favorite service to make sure that you never, ever miss out on this show or any of the other great shows here on the network. We're nearing 500 followers on Podbean. We're like awesome. six away. Can awesome. I just say, if you're the 500th person to subscribe, message us on Facebook. I want to send some shit to you. I don't know what that is yet, and I don't know if it's going to actually work out that way, but maybe... Maybe that will happen. Let's hope. Nice. Uh, I don't think I have anything else, Brando. It's been an awesome show. This has been Journey into Comics 188. Um, on the right foot? What did you say? If the shoe fits. You know, it's a shoe in. A shoe in, a shoe in. A shoe in, the shoe fits, the right foot. I was close. I was getting there. <laughs> So anyways, folks, this was Journey into Comics 188, a shoe-in. I've been Nate. I've been Brando. As always, do us a favor. Take off your ball caps. Uh, turn off all cell phones. Uh, chop your brains open and fill them brains with shit. Later. <laughs>